It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central only on PBS. Encore. Welcome to episode 123 of the No Encore Music Podcast Show. Good afternoon, good morning, good night, hello. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's the big one. It's the big one. <laughs> I am now 24 years of age. Exactly, exactly. It's very yeah. exciting. That hello was very partridge-esque. Like, it was literally the exact same tone as his, Aha! Striker! <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm, I'm, I'm spurred on, inspired by Peter Drury, the ITV commentator, who I yeah. guess is doing it for BN Sports this year. He's on the official FIFA recaps, and he is tremendously good fun. Uh, as a matter of fact... There's a guy on Twitter, I believe he's a writer for The Telegraph, called Adam Hurry. He's at Football Clichés on Twitter. He's been compiling this new web series that he's putting together called Drury in 11 Seconds. Yeah, he's done a few good. of them, a couple of recaps. Here's one. He's a star! Glorious, glorious, glorious! Tomagoy Vida got big! Russia will not retreat! Dissolved into t- It's glorious stuff, isn't it? I love it. It's so funny. Wonderful. George Morahan joins us this week in lieu of Cullum. Hey guys, good to be back. Welcome back to the show. Sporadic guest. Sporadic, Sporadic guest. <laughs> we never know when he's going to pop up. Yeah, and George recently got engaged following Cullum's lead because he's really gone method for uh, for this. <laughs> so congratulations, George. Well, you know, I just 
I just live by Colin's example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we're all trying. Um, I mean, that's it's the best way to live, really. Just keep trying. Just keep trying yeah, to yeah, do take, what Colin would do. Take one day as it comes <laughs> in the manner of Colin Morrigan, who's not here this week, folks, because uh, he was too busy being a tour guide for his in-laws and his actual parents. So yeah. he said he wouldn't have time to listen to our album this week, which is Deaf Heaven. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> he of missed all the, the albums Heaven album. that he couldn't <laughs> listen to, Deaf Heaven was the one. What are the odds? I know, I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, he managed to get away with that. And Drake. Yeah. Jesus Unbelievable. Christ. Yeah. Unbelievable. Maybe he's just not coming back. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, like Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah. 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 He's never going back. Just love that. <laughs> so, World Cup, guys. It's almost over. It's been a good one. It's been a really good one. Has it been the one. best one mm. in our living memory? Yes. I have a lot of fondness for World Cup 94 because it was the first one I can properly remember. Like, yeah, I remember. Staying up really late to watch the football, all that kind of stuff. First one I can remember is 2002. And uh, people are saying that was a shit one now. And I'm like, what? That was... I think, I think the first one's always your best one. Yeah, see, I thought 98 was amazing. Like, 98 had pretty much everything, didn't it? Uh, and camp goal. It did. It had a good Brazilian team. Had it Beckham, had Michael a Ongo. great French team. Amazing Michael Ongo. Beckham becoming a scapegoat for the nation. Yeah. Zizou. I think it had it the re-record of Tree Lions. It, <laughs> it had Vindaloo. <laughs> well, let's, let's keep it on England, shall we? Because yes. as of last night, as of us recording this, dramatic semi-final, oh. it was confirmed that, in fact, football is not coming home. No, the England team are coming home empty-handed. How wow. do you feel about it? Well, they're, they're not coming Deeply home. saddened. Yeah. <laughs> Deeply saddened. For those who don't know, I am English. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I feel I've got a great weight off my chest. Stop the podcast. <laughs> He's just ripped off his shirt and it's a Union Jack just tattooed on his bare torso. It's, uh, it's quite the sight. I am in fact that 56-year-old overweight Derby dad you see in every <laughs> yeah. England crowd yeah there was some, it in well there were amazing scenes after England defeated Sweden at a canter last weekend where there were lads in London atop double decker buses leading everyone in the oh. Iceland clap and then like it was all like <laughs> and then this guy is so happy with his day's work then jumps so off nonchalantly, the bus like, yeah. jumps off the bus like he's jumping into a swimming pool like, <laughs> like and goes through the roof shelter and the fucking sound effect of it the noise oh. like, it sounded like that bit in Arrest Development when Tobias is dressed up as like Mrs. Featherbottom. Oh yeah, and yeah. he jumps, jumps off, off the balcony, the balcony and goes through a wooden <laughs> table <laughs> and the glass. It's like like incredible wet packing sound of human flesh just smashing. Yeah. And he goes down, buckles under his ankles, smacks his head off the fucking concrete and yet it's hilarious. and gets up and walks away like it ain't no big deal. Yeah. And, and that wasn't yet. the best bit though. The best bit is him swaggering to the edge of the bus and thinking, "Yeah, I've got this." Oh yeah, <laughs> it was so calm. It was it was no biggie whatsoever. Yeah, like this, this single <laughs> pane of glass is going to withstand my weight. <laughs> yeah, like it's. A this bus stop is my bitch. And we saw great photographs of all people like trampling on an ambulance. There was like a Renaissance style photograph of a young lady surrounded by men who were like looking at her as if she was like Mother Earth herself. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Those men looked so pure. They did, yeah. They did. It was a bit oddly kind of yeah, childlike <laughs> and naive oddly, scene. oddly crystallizing moment seeing a woman <laughs> trample an ambulance outside the outside the shard. What do we think would have happened if England had have won the semi final? Like I mean well, like, would London be on fire right it now? It would have been the Tottenham riots all over again. <laughs> do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. IKEA would have had been shut. Do you not think it would have been like a more wholesome outcome and people would have just been like, do you know what? We've won it. Let's just calm down and have a cup of tea for the Queen. That's what Roy Keane God tried to do. God bless you, that's your what, mom. That's what Roy Keane tried to do on ITV with Ian Wright. Which oh, was that was so good Tremendous as well. television. Yeah, it really I, was. I loved it. For anyone who hasn't seen that, look it up. Uh, Keane basically immediately pissed on their party and was like, yeah, well, you know, you guys think about the final. Like, you're banging on about parades and, and the final this, the final that. He's like, you know, like, take it one game at a time, guys. And Ian Wright was saying... 
oh look let's have our fun it, you know we did really well blah 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 blah. but Keen was just saying like having none of it you've been out there you're a grown man which was my favourite <laughs> line that he said to him and then Ian Wright took the piss out of his cork accent I didn't like that no wasn't great yeah and in, def- in his defence like the fans and the punters don't have to take it one game at a time only the players and the coach do yeah know? I didn't which they probably actually did to yeah be fair which to they them. very much they seemed very much like they had their heads screwed they were very correctly. professional England outfitters I mean they were I know like the thing in the media is like quote unquote likeable but they actually were likeable I mean like I didn't feel I wasn't like rooting against them apart from the natural route that you just do you're like I kind of want them to get to the final for the narrative purposes I was it. saying yesterday I had that moment of just like when you're not really up for either side and you just events throughout the game like your physical reaction to them kind of lets you know who you're up for and I was like oh my god I was up for England (laughs) oh what yeah I don't know I couldn't wrap logic around it but I was just like disappointed when Croatia got the winner I think you could only really root against Jamie Vardy that's about it yeah Uh, yeah no it's very much that thing of like I mean I don't know I mean like I, I kind of I wanted the final of France versus England because, like, for the most bitter Amazing. Irish fan, who do you root for? <laughs> <laughs> like, even though Henri's with Belgium and they're gone too, like, you're like, well, I, oh, my heart says France, but these French people have done nothing to us. I mean, the worst part oh, of this I mean- whole run has been uh, predicting what's going to be on the Sun's front page, and I just have an image of Kenneth Branagh, Henry V at Agincourt with Gareth Southgate's photoshopped head in front of him once more into the breach could have been magical we'll, well never know but well, we'll get to, before we break into news which is of a World Cup nature we'll, we'll get into music for a second oh yeah <laughs> you were at a gig I went to a gig <laughs> what uh, gig did you about town I went to see At The Drive-In play Vicar Street on Tuesday wonderful mm. it wasn't great oh. uh, I saw them two years ago when they reformed I stumped up a lot of cash money for a ticket and it was well worth it I was shocked because you know reunion gigs are always dangerous always a gamble you never know what you're going to fully get they were great great performance great sound great crowd all of it loved it they came back again this year. Kept forgetting it was kind of happening. Snaked my way onto the guest list. Went just as uh, France confirmed Belgium out of the World Cup. And uh, Vicar Street was, I'd say, like half full. Maybe three quarters by the time that they were on stage. Oh. But it was a lot of room. A lot of room in that venue. But the big problem, not the band, because the band were very good. Again, a spirited performance. Excellent front manning as well. You know, very enjoyable. But the live sound, guys. I don't think I've ever heard a worse live sound mix in my entire life. Really? Astonishingly bad. Uh, underwater sounding vocals couldn't make anything out for the most part. Drums sound like they were like fucking, he was hitting like a wet paper bag. Uh, it was too loud. A very old man Dave. Like, I mean, I, like, I, found my, I, I moved. I was, I was kind of like in the front middle yeah. to the left and I found myself moving back towards the middle of the room because like my ears were just, and I was like, this gig is not good enough to get tinnitus from. So <laughs> Not I'm worth gonna, it, yeah. yeah. It's not MBV. It's not the Holocaust, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's very much not great. And um, Dahi, friend of the show, Dahi O'Droni, was in my company on the evening and he had a theory, which I think in fact is true. Yeah. He said, because as we left, we like we glared at the sound engineer who was some fucking Jersey Shore looking motherfucker with a backwards cap and a big smile on his face. Uh, Are you sure that was him? Proud of his night's work (laughs) while he was standing there. I don't know. The point is, um, Dahi said, I bet anything that they played a bunch of festivals and this is their first non-festival show in a while because you can bank the live sound. You can put onto like a USB and be like, here's our entire live sound because mm. it did have the feeling of like going into a tent at like one in the morning and being like, this is pretty good if you have that atmosphere but it felt all wrong and I looked up their set list thing and sure enough, their three previous gigs in the past week or so were all at different festivals, big outdoor festivals. Now, that begs the question, surely a live sound engineer, the band's live sound engineer would know this and would know how to adapt into a smaller room but he just didn't. How deep are they into their tour? This was like show number four. Jesus. And for the first actual show you, that wasn't You can't blame it on just phoning in fatigue. No. 
Someone should tell them. They were great. No, they, they there was no fatigue. They were like they were so up for it. Um, I know, but the yeah. the dude like if you're like six months into a tour, I'm sure like these things slip through the cracks. Yeah, it was a shame because like I do love out the driving, and it's good that they're having this great second life. But no, it just it really really sounded awful. But also sounding awful, something that we've heard way too much of. No, can't no. get enough, mate. Are I you, can't get enough. Are you actually serious? It, yeah, it's fine. I haven't heard it that much. I'm not like hanging around in English pubs constantly. Tell the listeners what you're talking. Well, let's about. hear it again. Come on. There you go. Defend yourself, Craig. Um, it's the best football song of all time. Um, World in motion, surely. No, Three Lions is. That's the best song about football. <laughs> <laughs> we have made clear distinctions before. Um, World in motion, yes, is a better song, but it's kind of tangential to like actual football, really, isn't it? Apart from that outstanding like rap. Yeah, There's it's, not a lot of football content in it. Whereas this is the best in terms of how many of these songs are just so like... Uh, triumphant and oh the boys are bringing it home and it's just weak and bland and the verses in this are great because it's just like yeah it's making a mockery of the hope that they have and still harbour and how terrible England have been for so long and the chorus is a banger there's two choruses one of which I'm, I'm yeah a bit sick of but it's great it's a very small canon in fairness it is a very, very small canon. Like, what are we talking about? Together Stronger? <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, That's oh, yeah. garbage. I think I do prefer World of Motion, Come personally. Come on, Wales, boy. Yeah. That's what that is, yeah, yeah. I was actually listening to World of Motion to get pumped up for the game yesterday, and it did the trick, yeah. Hang yeah. on. Look, look, this is the thing. I agree that Three Lions is a really good football song. And also, by the way, something that's really been fucking pissing me off in the last two weeks, and I wrote like a thing in an article about it, the song is called Three Lions Brackets Football's Coming Home. Right. It's yeah. not called It's Coming Home. And everyone on Twitter, well, it's coming home. It's back in the charts. Oh, it's coming home. No, no, no. I think that's allowed. Well, though, it's not allowed. I mean, it's because the meme led the, the chart resurgence. Yeah, I won't have this. <laughs> I won't, I won't this have modern. Disease. I, lo- I like the way it was just whittled down to home by the end. That, that was, was that was good. Quite yes. poignant. Oh. <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay, um, it is a really good football song, but I've heard it too much. Yeah, now. I know. it's yeah, been completely like oversaturated yeah. and overdone, and it was looking dangerously close there for a while that it was going to come home. Uh, but as I noted myself on Twitter, um, this is a, a true story, not just a gag. Uh, I was offered an interview with Lightning Seeds. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. He's turned it down. No, it's you know, still on the table. I was oh, like, come man, back to me after the World Cup. Because they're supporting, oh, they're supporting Madness at the Three Arena. No, it's a thing. There's a British festival. I'm trying to get an interview with Razorlight and Johnny, Bar- Johnny Barrow, but he won't <laughs> right, do yeah, it. Because yeah, yeah. he's, not, he's not doing any press. <laughs> Johnny won't do it. Do they have any anonymous Swedes the, in the band still? I, I, I was offered the other guys in the band. And I was but like, you know what? At this respect. stage, they're not even the guys in the hilarious photo. All those guys are gone. Yeah. I don't know who these guys are. Get like I was like, so I was going to say Guns and Roses. (laughs) So uh, as part of the festival, I was offered the Lightning Seeds, and I was like, oh, that could actually be interesting now. That could actually be quite timely. Mm. And at this point, England hadn't played the semi-final yet, so I was like, let's just see where we're at now. Like, what narrative this could possibly take? So now I don't know if there's any value in it. There's value in it for them. Jesus, they're making. They're making oh, bank. Oh, definitely, yeah. Bank. Well, fair play. Uh, Gareth Southgate is not into the song. 
this is the thing. This is the news that we've been taking 15 Completely minutes. Completely understandable. <laughs> so much football talk. Wow, our listeners are going to love this episode. Uh, Gareth Eke was asked before the game, uh, how does you feel about it? Is it great? Isn't it an awesome song, Gareth? And he said, it's a song I couldn't even listen to for 20 years, frankly. So for me, it has a slightly different feel. Yeah, of course, because we should point out, I don't know if we did, that it came out initially for Euro 96. And of course, uh, Gareth Southgate missed in that penalty shootout that sent England tumbling out. Um, so... I think he's basically saying that it's kind of, he can now live with it, essentially. Mm. Um, And he seemed quite, he was disappointed, of course, but more content than his last exit, just in terms of, yeah, they were beaten by the better team, but they, you know, made a decent account of themselves. There wasn't some, like, dramatic ending. It was, you know, it was reason enough to be happy, I think. This is one of the better secondary narratives of England's, you know, surprising semi-final run is, you know, the kind of redemption, the exercising (laughs) of the ghosts for Gareth Southgate, isn't it? So, um... Yeah, I can absolutely see why he wouldn't have wanted to listen to a song that dredges up all those painful memories for 20 years. And uh, So we need I'm, a new song, that's what you're saying. We need a new song to commemorate England getting to the semi-final with a fairly easy run. <laughs> I don't know. What, what, what would guess, you suggest? Uh, I don't know, we could maybe get like Enter Shikari or Reverend and the Makers <laughs> or someone to, to do a song. Enter Shikari? Really? <laughs> I don't know, I couldn't think of anybody. <laughs> wow. They might even be Welsh, are they? Um, so yes, there was uh, surreal scenes I noticed after the Sweden game where Fabian Delph was being interviewed by Gabby Logan. And that is absolute machine wife. That's what oh, he said, yeah. Because so yeah. Fabian Delph went home during the tournament to be present for the birth of his third child. Now, I thought, if you go home, you're, you're gone. But no, he came back and played. So I was like, that's a strange thing. I didn't realise that you could have that kind of dispensation and still play. But Fabian Delph was interviewed after the match. And, you know, after England win a World Cup quarterfinal on the BBC and Gabby Logan's like, oh, it's been a very interesting week for you, uh, birth of your third child and everything. And then Fabian Duff was like, he's used football parlance to describe his wife. And he was like, my wife's an absolute machine. I mean, she's got incredible mental strength and fitness and toughness. And I was like, what are you talking about, Fabian Duff? At the end of the day, I'm a dad for the third time. And then... Uh, Gabby Logan was like, uh, any names? Any names yet? And then Fabian Delph kind of went, well, we're down to about two names. Yeah, he went we're, really we're, into we're, it. He's like, like, we're down to about two names now. We're kind of 50-50 on it. I guess we'll see where, where, where we land on that one. And I was like, this is utterly bizarre. And because the game was played in Samara in Russia, Gabby Logan was like, oh, how about Samara? Samara? And he was like, nah, I think we're going to stick to the two names that we've been uh, discussing. I thought he said he suggested that, but it wasn't a goer. Oh, did yeah. he? <laughs> he said he suggested it. So weird. So fucking strange. I, I thought that was endearing that he opened up that much. It, it was just very like, endearing. Yeah. <laughs> and England have been endearing, but I also did laugh when they got knocked out of the World Cup. So, Aww. on we march. And thanks for all the football listening chat there, guys. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's because we just don't want to talk about this next news story because we're all a bit sad. We're yeah, all a bit devastated. It, it's, it's, you know, it's Cullum, it's George, it's Justin. They're all off the market, ladies. <laughs> Justin Bieber <laughs> Justin is Bieber engaged. is getting married yep. to Hayley Baldwin, who we figured out is the daughter of Stephen Baldwin, the most um, illustrious of all yep. the Baldwin He is the most uh, eclectic, energetic, experimental. Some of his best roles, you reckon, Dave? Usual um, suspects. The only one. That's <laughs> he probably was in it. that one with the, like, the sci-fi thing. What was it? Uh, that was crap. Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, he was in a film called Fled. It's like the Dome or something. Was oh, it called the Dome. <laughs> Some you're thinking of Sphere. Biodome. No, Biosphere. Is he in Biodome? Holly Shore. Just yeah. naming shapes now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> circle, uh, cylinder. <laughs> cylinder sounds like a nineties. Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> Can you escape Cylinder. This cylinder. <laughs> Rhombus. <laughs> 
he's a bit of an idiot. Um, not a big fan of him. No, I don't know his daughter. He, he's gone all um, like Christian, yeah, man. Christian yeah, yeah. fire and brimstone preacher kind of. Yeah, yeah, he's a bit of an idiot. Um, but Haley Baldwin, we don't know. Justin Bieber knows her quite well because they're engaged now. Well, we think after, we think she knows her after quite well. one month of dating um, and two weeks after she purged her Instagram of photographs of her ex Sean Mendes. Ooh, purged oh. intrigue. Uh, yeah, she has to be careful about her grid. That's a terminology I've been learning about lately. So, Bieber uh, wrote a big post on Instagram, because that's the done thing these days. Yeah. And I'm going to read some of it now. Was going to wait a while to say anything, but word travels fast. Listen, plain and simple, Haley. I am so in love with everything about you. So committed <laughs> to spending my life getting to know every single part of you, loving you patiently and kindly. I promise to lead our family with honour and integrity, letting Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, guide us in everything that we do and every decision that we make. My heart is completely and fully yours, and I will always put you first. You are the love of my life, Haley Baldwin, and I wouldn't want to spend it with anybody else. You I may- hope he just calls her Baldwin you when they're hanging out. Yo, Baldwin! The, the page that I'm reading had a thing. I didn't I see know. it, okay? The Baldmeister. The Baldmeister. Justin Bieber continues, you make me so much better, and we com- complement each other so well. I can't wait for the best the season. The spelling of compliment, yeah, by the way. Yeah, through me, through me. Can't wait for the best season of life yet. <laughs> what? Airing Thursdays, 10-9 <laughs> yeah, yeah. in NBC Justin Central. Justin and Haley, The it's, Baldwins. <laughs> meet the Baldwins. It's funny because now with you, everything seems to make sense. The thing I'm most excited for is that my little brother and sister get to see another healthy, stable marriage and look for the oh, same. Well, that's a bit heartbreaking. See, and also, speaking a bit soon... <laughs> I pass it on to Justin. He passes on to the next generation. This is, you know, <laughs> pay it forward. Life. It's the pay it yeah, forward. Yeah. yeah, you know. So uh, Justin concludes: God's timing really is literally perfect. We got engaged on the seventh day of the seventh month. The number seven is the number of spiritual perfection. It's true. You, Google it. You know it. what this means? He's getting a Kanye album soon. <laughs> seven drag Kanye album coming up. Isn't that nuts? By the way, I didn't plan that. Anyways, my goodness, does feel good to have our future secured. <laughs> and then Block Apples. We're going to be better at 70, baby. Here we go. And then a quote. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. This is the year of favor. Okay, reading this. How has somebody... In, how has somebody got the essence of Tom Cruise jumping on a couch into an Instagram post? You did it. Yeah, that's a good show. I'm not even sure I did that justice, to be fair. It's just text on a screen, but my God. Congratulations, Justin Bieber. And Haley yeah, Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, congrats. Yeah, well, congrats. Well done. Well done. I'm most impressed with how he knows, like, because I always struggled with, you know, the division of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. But here he's talking about letting Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, guide us. So uh, clearly he well, knows he's a bit more about Jesus. that. He is, and he's got that cool, cool pastor. They're ripped to shreds, yeah, guy. Yeah. Who yeah. <laughs> is just a ridiculous character altogether. <laughs> and they have these crazy conventions as well, where they have, like, television. They have their own, like, TV channels, and they just hang out and, like, Chat about Jesus and like their footwear. I'm well behind on the makeup of Justin Bieber's entourage. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, but um, he seems happy. I mean, good for him. It's Selena Gomez. I feel sorry for in all of this. <laughs> Why she dodged a bullet? <laughs> The, the line, my goodness does feel good to have our future secured. It's like, it's like he's advertising pension schemes. It's like an old man would say. Like, it's so weird. I love, we're going to be better at 70, baby. All caps. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go for the next, what, like 35, Here we go. years. <laughs> pension age, 50 years away. Okay, uh, Craig, the next news story is a bit more serious. 
Oh, really? Am I am I doing the Pussy Melter story? I haven't read it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Very busy. Yeah, there's been outrage, and I guess quite rightly so. Um, Japanese Breakfast's Michelle Zauner and Braid's Raphael Standel Preston are among the musicians who have criticised the audio company TC Electronic for the use of sexist language to describe one of its guitar effects. As I kind of just um, spoilered, it currently offers a preset guitar pedal effect called the Pussy Melter. Um, a vanity coll- collaboration with guitarist Satchel of the California-based comedy hair metal band Steel Panther. Um, yeah, when we met up with Steel Panther's also humble guitarist, we had only one condition, that tone be as wet as the ladies on the front row. The regrettable description on the site read. Um, so yeah, it was guitarist Jessica Fenley um, who originally launched a petition to remove the product. Uh, calling it and and the description offensive and obviously sexist, which is yep pretty obvious. Shared the petition uh, on Twitter. Braids kind of got involved, adding as a female guitarist and just female in general. This makes me super disappointed. And Emily Rio wrote, "Ooh, what the fuck? I thought making pedals that break all the time was bad enough. So hitting them where it hurts. Um, the s- how sturdy their tech is. Mm. But yeah, it's a really regrettable <laughs> preset setting and is very very well. I suppose because it is steel." panther um comedy hair metal band i hate that it's, we it's have very spinal top, i right? really hate that we have comedy hair metal bands that have careers i hate yeah. it stop this yeah um it is straight out of spinal top though it is like what's wrong with being sexy there's been an apology of course yeah um because yeah that's how these things tend to work these days i'm just amazed like like oftentimes pretty much all the time it's a case of it's harder to it's easier to not do this do you know what i mean like, like, like it's like how do people keep scoring these pure own goals for example henry cavill Henry Cavill's in the news. I was news. wondering how you'd work that in when no. you were talking about it right here. On the very first episode of No Encore, we quoted from a very funny interview that he gave someone in which he came across like an absolute moron. Um, he said stuff like, you know, how he... Uh, he goes, I'm slightly aware of saying this because it can be frowned upon, certainly by members of my community and people outside of my community, but I'm not just doing this for the art. The money's fantastic. <laughs> and that's something which I deem, and again, it is frowned upon, very important. And then he goes on about how he loves to fly in first class. He goes, travelling to New Zealand in economy sucks, especially if you're over six feet tall, but first class, I'm not going to ever pretend to be coy about that. I love it. <laughs> it's great. However, he's done a new interview promoting the new Mission Impossible movie, Fallout, which I'm very excited about. Yes. Too. Yeah. Here it's fantastic. And he's managed to completely uh, make an absolutely fucking absurd statement or two about the Me Too movement, and he said that he confessed that the Me Too movement has left him nervous about flirting with women over fears of being called a rapist. Have you heard this, George? Are you aware of this? Uh, I saw... I might have seen it earlier. He said, uh, there's something wonderful about a man chasing a woman. There's a traditional... <laughs> Down the street. There's a <laughs> traditional approach to that, which is nice. I think a woman should be wooed and chased. Well, maybe I'm old-fashioned that way. Maybe. He elaborates. It's very difficult to do that if there are certain rules in place. Because then it's like... <laughs> like the law. <laughs> the codes of society. Social having, mores. Having respect for your fellow human being. Uh, because then it's like, well, I don't want to go up and talk to her because I'm going to get called a rapist or something. <laughs> what is he talking about? And then he continues. So you're like, forget it. I'm going to call an ex-girlfriend instead and then go back to a relationship which never really worked. Well, it's way safer than casting myself into the fires of hell because I'm someone in the public eye and if I go flirt with someone then who knows what's gonna happen <laughs> what how insane how insane oh, are you that's... like how do you conflate that mental oh, yeah. i love him getting very specific about him clearly getting back with a, an old flame and regretting <laughs> it and being like what else am i supposed to do like call up my ex-girlfriend called julie and just be like hey julie i know things haven't been working out but want to hook up 
like um, his description of chasing women down the street as old fashioned. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, he didn't say the, Craig out of the, the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He meant the the chase. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to take his words out of context. <laughs> the games we play. Um, this was what he was worried about. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. There's nothing but pure <laughs> intentions there. Anyway, <laughs> Stormzy is a much more wholesome character that we like on this show. Yes, we do. And he has launched Murky Books, a new imprint of Penguin Random House, focused on new works by young writers. I know too many talented writers that don't always have an outlet or a means to get their work seen, he wrote in a statement. Reading and writing as a kid was integral to where I am today. From the bottom of my heart, I cannot wait to hear your stories, your poems, your novels, your sci-fis, and getting them out into the big wide world. So that's cool. I like Stormzy. This sounds like a great initiative. I didn't realise sci-fi novels were just referred to as your, sci-fi. Sci- your sci-fis. Your sci- you know your sci-fis. <laughs> your Real which I very much like. Your Real Madrid's, your Barcelona's, your sci-fis. Uh, <laughs> they're going to offer paid internships as well. For, that's cool. For place them. Nice. Um, is, is Murky his thing? Because I, I was sure that was like a, a punked. For Rio Ferdinand, kind of. Yeah, thing. I think it's just a London thing, isn't it? I presume Murky's. I just, have absolutely no idea. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just it's just kind of grimy street slang. This is a very worthwhile initiative, and uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. yeah, I have nothing else to say. No, <laughs> I wanted to just balance it out with some wholesome stuff. I might like to read a Murky sci-fi book. So yeah, if Stormzy wrote a sci-fi book, I'd buy it. Yeah, take sure. Stormzy. This is great. Yeah. Well, he's kicking. Yeah, kicking off the imprint with his own book, but it doesn't sound like he's having much involvement. It's one of those ones that features never before seen photographs, and <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> brilliant! And yeah, co- contributions from those closest to him. Hey, so this is like a coffee table book. Yeah, a la. Brooklyn Beckham. Well, I guess if it gets, you know, a bit of Annotated lyrics, so he's going to do a Stuart Lee and talk about what they mean. Yeah. So that's like scanned pictures of written Genius. Notes genius, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I always love the phrase never before seen photographs. It's like, why would I have seen <laughs> photographs yeah. that he has? <laughs> like, I'm not desperate to see Stormzy's photograph vault, honestly. I want to see what books he grew up with. That'd be cool. What books do we think Nigel Farage grew up with? Mein Kampf. Yeah, there it is. Mein Kampf. <laughs> yeah, and Enid Blyton. Just as evil. Five go down to the river. Yeah. Why is Enid Blyton evil? Um, no, she, she wasn't evil, but wasn't one of those things. You know, they always say Roll Wait, she, Dahl. She dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, she's yeah. gone. She's gone half a century, Wait, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Enid, you kidding me? <laughs> I guess with a name like Enid, Enid like, you're probably eccentric. She's the yeah. last of the Enids. I feel um, like she was super racist. But no, I was going to say, it was that thing where it seemed like Roald Dahl was unfortunately quite anti-Semitic, or he said some weird stuff. Although some of his friends were like, no, he wasn't really that bad. But I don't know. He's, uh, he's Some of my best friends. <laughs> but he's always paired with, and then Enid Blyton famously hated children that was her thing she a children's author who hated children yeah that's genius yeah she despised children so that was that was like dear a journalist who hates journalists <laughs> as many of those plenty of those plenty of those this table self-loading you say <laughs> <laughs> anyway the reason we talk about Nigel Farage is oh, because yeah. he has a podcast not as good as our one and it's not part of the <laughs> stop stuff it yeah, do you want to clarify <laughs> gonna get in early solid pun solid well before oh, yeah. we get to that okay. uh, I, Craig yeah. very resolutely underlined that it is not, in fact, part of the Headstuff Podcast <laughs> Network. And speaking of the Headstuff Podcast Network, by the way, uh, listener, the Dublin Podcast Festival is returning this year. The initial announcement has been made, and there are many great names on there, so go and check it out. Dublin Podcast Festival coming back this year. Nigel Farage will not be a part of that festival, I sincerely hope. His new podcast, or, well, new a few months ago, is called Farage Against the Machine, which doesn't really work. It doesn't work. George likes it. It's a slanted rhyme. Uh, (laughs) It's not, it doesn't work enough for me. 
Well, I think it's too much of a reach. It just makes it awkward. And that's clearly why Rage Against the Machine had a problem with it. They've done the most Rage Against the Machine possible, some good old-fashioned litigation. <laughs> <laughs> they sent him a cease and desist letter, basically saying, you can't do that, mate. And, you know, they said, we have publicly denounced the type of right-wing ideology you espouse for decades. Your anti-immigrant rhetoric, lack of social compassion, and very disguised racism and xenophobia are the antithesis of what ORATM stands for. I thought it stood for Rage Against the Machine, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if Zach it's my just, birthday, let me have it. If Zach just, like, rapped that over some, like, Morello guitar, the band's back together. This like. is really upsetting me. Like, the, the, the Rage Against the Machine not making a new album thing is really bothering yeah, me. Yeah, like, it's it just is like, upsetting. You're all there. Stop this Prophets of Rage garbage. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> no, no, I, I cut them from the Songs of the Week. They're not in the Songs of the Week yeah, this week. They're gone. Yeah. So, hold on, you didn't Taking tell you behind the curtain. <laughs> I, I, I tried. I, I sent the running order. The running it's on order, the playlist. It's not in the running order. I took, I, 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 no, I removed it from the playlist. The, the point we could is, talk about it if you want. Here's some, some behind-the-scenes, no encore preparation or lack thereof. This is our, some kind of monster. Yeah, so essentially, I don't know. I mean, it's a bit of a... Weak Rage Against the Machine comeback, isn't it? Nigel Farage. Season to Sizzler, it's not really some of those who burn crosses, is it? <laughs> no, but I guess, I mean, they don't really want to make a big statement. They just want to get them to stop doing it. Hang on, you're not uh, accusing major label rock band Rage Against the Machine of some kind of hypocrisy. Oh. Uh, I, like, I, I love Rage, I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they are them. part of the very machine they claim oh. to be raging against. Wow, exactly. Yeah. Irony. There you go. So, uh, before we move on, we've had lots of news, so maybe we'll just not do this story. Apple Music's doing very well. That's the end of that. Yeah. Uh, we keep talking about streaming services, and they're all doing fine, uh, except for Tidal. <laughs> quick <laughs> survey. What, what streaming services are we on? Spotify. Just Spotify. And Apple Music. Just Spotify. I was on Tidal for Wyoming, but I, <laughs> I dropped that. I've quick. said this before. I'll say it again, and it sounds like a dick thing to say, but it's true. The audio quality on Apple Music is considerably better than Spotify. But Spotify's interface is better than Apple Music. Couldn't so care less. What, what, you, you want the best possible yeah. man and t- titles is good but the whole interface is janky <laughs> as hell and Amazon Musics which I signed up to recently did you why for the sake of Garth Brooks <laughs> oh, oh yeah of course <laughs> and he's not I coming re- back Craig I remember he's not coming back he, he might he just might he's coming back say that um, I remembered actually to cancel unlike my title one well done you're rumbled growing. on for months and months and months That's so yes saga 30 years old now, cancelling <laughs> subscriptions. I'm pretty. Let's go. Let's talk about some music. <laughs> I'm, I'm all set. We're all going up. Let's talk about Deaf Heaven. Our album of the week this week comes from Deaf Heaven, Colin Regan's favourite band. And the album is called Ordinary Corrupt Human Love. Great title, I think. Here is Canary Yellow.
was Canary Yellow, one of the singles off Ordinary Corrupt Human Love by Def Heaven, a beloved American shoegazy kind of hybrid black metal, uh, <laughs> hipster metal. They're pitchfork friendly. Pitchfork approved, right? Pitchfork Rubber approved stamped. metal band, which is rare these days. Uh, we talked about Code Orange recently. No one at the table was a big fan. I think they're all right. Yeah. Def Heaven are a different prospect altogether. I am quite a fan of them. Despite the, lack, uh, the likes of Coleman's misgivings and friend of the show Dave Higgins' misgivings that the singer has a horrendous voice, I'm into it, and I'm into this album. I think Canary Yellow in particular is an amazing song, one of the songs of the year for me. This is a seven-track album not produced by Kanye West. Whoa. It runs an hour long, not 25 minutes. Yeah. What did we think, gentlemen? Um, well, I was actually quite a surprise fan of Sunbather some years ago, so probably about five years old now, um, because it would not be entirely my thing. Although then again, as you kind of like alluded to all those genres, genres where they're like, you know, post, um, black shoegaze, death, hardcore rock, um, they <laughs> dip their toes in lots of different things. <laughs> I somehow got around the voice. Um, I thought that was an incredible record. New Bermuda, which, um, um, came out preceded this new one uh, was a bit kind of tougher I never really spent a huge amount of time with it and this is very varied there's a lot to love on it I found it I found the voice more grating this time I think because I feel like they're moving away from some of those kind of roots um, with every record and I'm finding it harder to justify that style on a lot of what they're doing Occasionally it can coalesce and it can be great. At other times there's some wondrous kind of post-rock going on and you have this very out-of-place seeming vocal, which I can't personally separate from the baggage of the genres that kind of bred it. And it's just like a kind of, you know, two kind of interesting things where it's like a hawk and an eagle in a debt grip hurtling towards earth. Um, and then one of them will survive and it's, I don't know, just me getting it. Where did egg. you <laughs> come up with that? <laughs> Tell me that. I might have been uh, running and listening to this and being like, yeah, it's like a hawk on it. <laughs> do you Aren't listen all- to that kind of a uh, screamo vocal and just take it as a texture or do you actually try and take and do you actually try and decipher any of the lyrics? Yeah, it's impossible to. I, I went and read the lyrics because so much commentary online is if you just knew what he was saying, it's it's good stuff. And it's I was expecting I was expecting good stuff. First of all, I don't really want to have to go and read the lyrics. I mean, that kind of defeats the purpose for me. And then when I went to them, uh, for, the, journalist. for the for, no, no, but you, <laughs> I mean, if I can't, I like, know, if he's I know, not I know, I know, legitimately just busting your balls, yeah, man. yeah. And I found them a bit like secondary school, to be honest. They were Ooh. more cliched than I thought they were going to be. Now that was a very small sample, so he might have some Do amazing you have any examples. Stuff that yeah, um, what was it? Just from the first track alone, it was like uh, in a dark tunnel and new dawn approaching with a sphere of light ever glowing. I mean, it was just very kind of generic, you know, imagery and stuff that didn't quite captivate me. Um, George raises an interesting question, and as a Converge fan, I do find myself in that position a lot of the time with Jacob Bannon's vocals, where I can make quite a lot of them out, but there's also quite a lot I can't. And I do actually like reading his lyrics. I think he's an excellent lyricist. He definitely kind of adheres to a certain gloomy, nihilistic side of things, but it's quite well put together. Who, Converge or Death Heaven? Converge. Okay. <laughs> with Death Heaven, I'm less interested in what he's saying, more interested in how he's saying it. I do think, again, perhaps an unfair comparison to compare him to, like, for the aforementioned Jacob Bannon. I think Jacob Bannon is leagues ahead of this guy, like in every department. Uh, I think I think this guy I like. I think it fits with Death Heaven. I like it, but I I wouldn't. He doesn't strike me as the. I was going to say there was moments where it wasn't even necessarily the style. I just felt like the execution. Like there's a couple of songs where it just didn't flow terribly well. It was it seemed stilted. Like I just didn't feel like this was the best possible 
deliverance of that kind of stuff which is basically the point you're yeah, making. Yeah, I think I he's better on tracks like The Pecan Tree from Sunbather and on yeah, Brought yeah, to yeah. the Water on New Bermuda than he might be here. I do think Canary Yellow is an absolute belter. It is. But yeah. I think musically this album is more interesting than it is vocally. In particular, there's a track called Night People, which I don't know why it's on this album. Uh, it's a weird, like, goth, uh, like, kind of stroll, uh, like a dual vocal uh, with another vocalist. I don't know her name. And it felt very almost Evanescence territory yeah, it's for me. Chelsea Wolf, isn't is it? that who it is? Yeah. Oh, okay, it right. I love Chelsea. Wolf. She's great, but in this, I wasn't really feeling it. Sound, the melody I sounds like Umbrella. I thought it was really good. Did you? I yeah. think, I, I, yeah, I I think it's that. the clunker on this. So album. no, so much so that I'm like, well, there's your closer. And then when Worthless Animal comes in, I'm like, oh, we're back to this voice. Really. But Worthless Animal's like, got a great snake-like guitar. And as I was, walking I didn't down, think that was strong enough to finish. It I just kind of trails off. And you're like, you're waiting for it to go higher again. Um. I gotta say, I've never really engaged with Deaf Heaven at all. Yeah, like uh, they've been on my radar for five years or whatever, because you know, as, as you say, you know, they've been approved by music sites we read, and yeah. but that wasn't enough to get me into them. So this is my kind of first taster of them. And I gotta say, it's kind of split into more metal songs and less metal songs. Like I look at the <laughs> opener, "You Without End," and uh, I think this sounds like you know late nineties Mogwai or Radiohead. I listen to Near, I listen to Night People, I listen to Worthless Animal, and they don't. Doesn't I wouldn't classify it as metal personally. I just class, classify it as heavy rock, and I know that's kind of a minimal distinction. But um, those 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 really non-metal songs are the ones that really got through to me personally. Categorization is weird. I think especially in metal, like and people who are really into it would have. I think they can be quite precious. Like I don't really care, and I don't know all the tributaries tributaries of metal. Either. Oh yeah, black metal, do metal. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I mean absolutely. Whenever. I mean like I'm not a well versed expert. Like you know, we've talked many times about my new metal. Uh, love yeah, yeah. as a teenager a genre which I'll defend to this day it's got some belters but Dev Heaven yeah I don't know um, <clears throat> I think that maybe that's my problem with the voice now it's where they're doing so much different stuff that I think that style of vocals is still so rooted in like a specific genre that it's becoming less cohesive with the music around it and yeah I agree George with your point that it's it's very much rock I mean there's moments where it sounds like an ACDC song's going to break out. There's a passage that Thank just God it basically... Well, it's, it's like There's a moment where it's like it gets quite cheesy and it could go all thunderstruck. There's another passage that's pr- pretty much Teenage Kicks by the undertones. Um, a lot of it's very shoegazy in a almost kind of um, Corgan-esque yeah, kind I of way. Would, I would describe it as shoegazy yeah. as possible, yeah. Um, and yeah, there's some beautiful stuff on it, but it is the stuff... Um, where they're kind of experimenting, pushing things that I'm most interested in now, I think, and not so much the, yeah, the metal aspects, I guess. It's an album that, for me, works in terms of giving me a visceral reaction to it, which I'm very into. We've talked about that in a lot of different kind of, I guess, capacities in recent weeks on the show. And yeah, like these songs move me. They make me feel, you know, like I had to quote a terrible press release from a while ago. These songs will make you feel feelings. <laughs> uh, I yeah, it's an actual press release. Um, so yeah, no, I'm a, uh, like I'm a fan of this. I I wonder how much depth it has, and I <clears throat> and my voice is just cracking under the emotion of it all. <laughs> uh, on this uh, emotional birthday, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having. I do wonder how much depth is here. But also, strangely enough, I'm okay with not finding that depth. I'm, I'm okay with the surface level. Well, I, think he, I think it was you that pointed me towards a recent interview with them, which was a good read, but they were kind of talking about... Um, possibly not. Maybe I just found it myself uh, because I'm a journalist. <laughs> I don't think I was involved. Please <laughs> yeah. tell me about this interview. Um, 
but it was just I was interested to hear about the kind of the background of this record because it does sound like their music always sounds like it could be dealing with some monumental existential stuff and the story for this record seemed to be a very very um you know heard it a million times before and I'm still very I'm sure it's very true to them but just like yeah we're burnt out from the road and we're just like partying too much and we just kind of came back together and refocused was like yeah it's all about the music man so that's what this record's about I was just like oh yeah every band has that album doesn't it's not yeah where you transition from you know a functioning human being to a professional musician and that just informs your work more and more as you go along I I just was nothing really for me personally to grab onto with that there didn't seem to be huge themes to it or yeah so I I don't know it sounds great but it might be uh, to your point a bit shallow just thematically I guess it might be deeper than I haven't really engaged with it on that level. I, to answer my own question earlier, I have taken his... Well, how many vocalists are there, actually? I've taken the vocals as a texture more than yeah. as, a, you know, a delivery system for lyrics. But, um, yeah, that's all I have to say. I would love it. Lyrics. I would love it if uh, someone... I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> Go on, Keegan. I would love it if somebody in an interview described themselves as a delivery system for the lyrics. That'd be phenomenal. I'm not a vocalist. I'm a delivery system for the lyrics. I am not a smart man. Uh, yeah, you are. We're all smart. It's all good. I like this album. I think it's really good. I'm giving it a 7.75 out of 10. Ooh. Weirdly specific. <laughs> It's going to be a six for me. You talk me out of an eight, essentially. Like, this is what happens in these forums that we do. Yeah. I, I was coming in with an eight. I think I'm going to go 7.75. I'm going to go six, simply because um, I listened to this album. It's over an hour long, right? And one that, hour, one minute? Yeah. Uh, honeycomb and Canary Yellow are like background noise to me, and then the rest of it's really good. So it's like, I much prefer you, the first half of the album. This is interesting. Um, yeah, the if first I, if I'm taking like a third of the album out, it can't be higher than the six, right? <laughs> <laughs> A third, a third of a seven-track yeah, album. scientific approach. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, good thing Cullen wasn't here to bring that average down <laughs> with like a two out of ten review. But I do want him to listen to it because he'll have to listen to it before we do our al- albums of the year. Like, so he's gonna, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I will say Definitely. I will listen to it more when it goes on the streaming platforms because we were listening to this on this fucking NPR platform. I had I no had problem with the NPR platform. Oh, you no, did. The, the annoying thing is that you can't. it's so tough to know the distinctions between tracks when that you're is trying annoying. to do other stuff. Like, yeah. And the yeah, thing, yeah. Like, a weirdly, weird thing for me happened, like Dave linked me on WhatsApp and then any other time I, li- I opened another link on WhatsApp, it would just stop playing and like the uh, sound from oh. other. Yeah. That's my phone. And, uh, the plight is, of music journalists, <laughs> ladies tough, and guys. gentlemen. This, <laughs> you don't know what we go through. This is yeah. I mean, like we could, we could you behind have the a whole on episode on the trials, tribulations, and struggles, really, of uh, music uh, being a music journalist in uh, in 2018. But instead, we'll treat you to some <laughs> audio songs of the week. George, you are our guest. Can I have a number between one and five? Four. Justin Timberlake, oh, the yes. long-awaited return of Justin Timberlake. <laughs> one for the one for the fans of the show. There, the song is called Soulmate. Frequency, so unique. In other words, such a freak. Set me free. I wanna be, wanna be. I wanna be, wanna be your soulmate for the night. Let me put my soul on you. So, we had this conversation recently. We kind of managed to just completely forget that not only did Justin Timberlake release a massively bloated album four or five months ago, we refuted it. How came and went was Man of the Woods? I think, yeah. Um, I, I actually wasn't here for the review. Um, thankfully, that was my kind of time to step away and not have to listen listen to that entire thing. Um, I think he seemed kind of embarrassed 
about it quite quickly. He realized, oh, the climate is completely wrong for me to be like uh, putting on my denim and becoming a man of the woods and looking very, I guess, Trump supporter-esque, maybe. Oh, wow, um, yeah. And totally alienating his, um, you know, hip-hop fan base and, uh, you know, the black community in America has really embraced Justin Timberlake for many years they weren't digging his new vibes so he's back with a summertime jam <laughs> which he announces in the song <laughs> like, and also I, I made the claim that happiness is numb to this man as an artist and this is further evidence George uh, yeah you say that era he was in came and went pretty fast it came and went it came and went pretty fast for him as well didn't it he's gone from man in the woods to man of the calypso yeah, beach party. <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying he's totally burying that era it's just like he's, that uh, never happened now man of the woods is cancelled <laughs> <laughs> by its own by its own man of the woods but, greater yeah. i mean this is as feather light as it gets isn't it it's a summer jam that's all it is this is like the one he had a couple years ago with the the trolls soundtrack can't stop the feeling can't, can't stop, stop the feeling yeah it's just his yeah i can get a i can get a top five hit of this <laughs> Yeah, it just screams like laziness. He's not even in that into it. The lyrics are doing that kind of knowingly, like, let's be soulmates for a night. Ah, I'm so cheeky. Enough of this malarkey. Yeah, let's it's, move on. It's <laughs> conveyor belt pop garbage. Theory Justin Timberlake's never had sex. <laughs> <laughs> right? Engage with me. Debate me. He might be like a human Kendall. Yeah. I Maybe. mean, that kind of adds Maybe. up. Wait, you keep him having like a sham marriage, like a modern day Rock Hudson. Is that what that is? Well, you listen to Man in the Woods. Tell I'm me, do you the- think he's actually seen I'm sorry for the Rock Hudson reference. That man had a difficult ending to his life. He did. Uh, however, let's talk about <laughs> people who are very much still with us. Craig, can I have a number between one and five that isn't number four? Um, number two, please, Dave. Christine and the Queens... Well, we're spoiled for choice. The song is called Doesn't Matter. it does really matter all that much which is a point christine kind of makes um on this decent song i like the melody i'm again getting a bit i sound so jaded on this episode i'm getting a bit tired of that very minimal like brittle kind of um compressed drums just leading the track i've never been a huge fan of christine and the queens i didn't get um the whole tilted phenomenon see i did for about two weeks and then you were like yeah you were very excited for about, about two this. weeks i was like this is actually fantastic <laughs> like all the hype all the people linking it all the jules holland performance this is, this is brilliant that's brilliant i never understood and then i was that like became a thing then i was like actually yeah <laughs> this is twee garbage and i think i hate it i'm still a big fan i saw our longitude a couple of years ago and it was like literally one of the best live performances i've ever seen people were raving about that one yeah, yeah. i was there with you and everyone oh, yeah, was going yeah, yeah. mental and i was standing there going still don't get it <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I, I feel like i'm missing out but um i don't think it's for us i, I prefer this song to be honest i mean this is grand it's a good song it's grand it is nice yeah it's well constructed when you Listen, say like, i don't think it's for us are you saying that like this new kind of school of thought where it's like straight white men shouldn't be reviewing this kind of music? No, no. I mean, but I think I think music does have a natural audience. Like that yeah. same yeah, that's, that same performance. Um, part of it, part of it was made better by the fact there were like three 
I don't know, I don't want to judge anyone. I thought they look three kind of queer kids in front of us just having the time of their lives and that, I don't know, that made it more of a communion to me. That made it very special. I was very against it. <laughs> I was just <laughs> about to say, yeah. I am against George fun. You look back. <laughs> Craig Fitzpatrick. Craig was standing there shaking his head. <laughs> Totting. Yeah. You were like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about all this these positive... These kids and their dancers. All this happiness. These kids and their <laughs> social change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, yeah. it's not for me. No, I like this. It's the Welcome Truck song. I, I probably won't listen to it again. No. Yeah, it's fine. Again, it's, it's, it's pretty minimal, though. It's kind of driving. It's got a, it's got a good beat. It's got a good melody and put it. This is the lead single from the new album, is it? I take it. I think so. Yeah, from Chris, I believe it's the title. She could right. do better. Yeah, I'm a big fan, however, of the French like titling conventions. No, just just the first word capitalized. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Song titles take capital letters. Okay, like well, this is insulting. This won't yeah. be making it into the Dave Hanratty style guide, but I just might like, make it into mine. Stick to really formatting. To- yeah, yeah, I think so. It's just yeah, it makes me. It's the LCSN system and like all lowercase. I hated that. All lowercase is fine. I can live with all lowercase, but I need some sort of balance. Like, uh, yes, that's Order. it. I need balance. Yeah. in the force. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's bring balance to the force of the songs of the week. There are three songs left. George Morahan. One. John Grant says that love is magic. Let's see. It's too ridiculous to call it love. And you're staring at a dresser drawer, which is devoid of clean underwear. You're trying to work out on your calculator if you can swim that trip to anywhere but here. <laughs> well, let's find out. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, is love magic? You're you're engaged. <laughs> Tell us. Yeah. Uh, love's pretty great. <laughs> All right. Uh, this song is less great, but um, <laughs> it got a vibe of kind of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, that kind of plodding 80s Crystal Maisy kind of Big synth. synth. Oh, yeah, big synth. Yeah, big synth. Uh, but John Grant, um, excellent lyricist, excellent singer-songwriter. Saw him at uh, Other Voices, I believe, three or four years ago when he was sublime. And, uh, was Craig there shaking his head? <laughs> I usually am. Craig was just wagging his finger in the back. <laughs> Craig, Craig actually stormed out midway through. And another inclusive act? I don't think so. I'm going to go and see... I came to Kerry for this! <laughs> When's Ted Nugent rocking up with his sick guitar licks? <laughs> if I leave now, I can make that catfish in the bottle then show. <laughs> Craig, what do you think of this? Um... I, I think I like it more than George. Um, it's not setting my world on fire, but I like the lyrics. Uh, he is an in- incredible lyricist. I can't, I like, He's I a think strange aesthetic, doesn't he? Like, he he does. will just take these kind of disparate and unesthetic things, like things that just don't sound right, the things that jar with your ears and kind of make a song out of them. The kind of aesthetic reminded me a bit of like Leonard Cohen's I'm Your Man period, where it doesn't quite sound right and it's a bit shitty, but somehow it works for me. But that's kind of, it's kind of like the reverse of most songs where it's just like, yeah, I got a great beat, I got a great melody, I got a great hooks in there somewhere. He's like, I'm going to let my lyrics do the talking and... I'm going to make it kind of sound a bit unappealing and see where it gets me. Yeah, I, I kind of, it captivated me a bit. But it reminded um, me of the kind of Pale Green Ghost era as well, which was one of his better albums. Yeah, I can't now listen to his new stuff without thinking of Father John Misty, and I don't think that's his fault because obviously he you came think, first. You think John Grant gave birth to the John I, Misty show? so many, yeah, I think he might have. 
so many similarities. It's, it's like a Pokemon evolution. Isn't yeah, it? it really is. It's. Um, I was going to say it's more of like a. It's like a Greek myth where um, Phalagemisty sprang from the head of John Grant. Oh yeah, a migraine one day. <laughs> sure, <laughs> make Grant a hybrid. His own thing. Make a hybrid, Dave. Yeah, well, you know, I did class because I was in school. So, um, up next, how'd that I, go? I, I how did it go? Eh, not bad. I didn't do very well on my leaving cert, but I enjoyed the subject. But I, I like. I mean, yeah, as we we're saying, ly- lyrically is great. All of the small details of just you know stuff like there's no milk in the refrigerator, and I'm going to hear about it later. I'm listening to Shade on the radio. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's really funny. He's great. Yeah, yeah he's I really like the song. Comic. I really like the song, but I would agree that it didn't. You know, it's not like going to go into my barbecue playlist or anything. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for that barbecue. By the way, building up to it. Two <laughs> more songs. Give me a number. Um, number three, please, Dave. It's Ray with an E, and she's here to talk about friends. Song's called Friends. <laughs> it's nothing to do with the TV show, which uh, the problematic Friends guys remember that oh. when Friends came on Netflix. And, millennials and all watching the, Friends, all the and they're not happy, they're not happy. <laughs> and they're doing a reverse Craig on it. <laughs> what is all these? these Don't jokes? make that a thing, please, George. <laughs> yeah, who knew that Friends was in fact uh, the most hateful show of all time? Oh, I love a bit of Friends. Of course, naturally I would. We've um, just we've <laughs> just all absorbed it through osmosis, and it's really disgusting. Nah, it's some some. Remarkably good writing. I think it's underrated. But yeah, there's yeah, it's loads and bits to the attitudes. Getting you know, off topic. Back to Ray. She's a Londoner. She was very upset about um, England going out yesterday. I saw on her Twitter. Um, but she was excited that then Love Island was coming on. Um, How swings and roundabouts. <laughs> yeah. This song, again, is very summertime bop. It's a bit of a bop. Um, again, it's a sound I'm getting a bit tired of. Yeah, it's I those so. synths that I had like this really small Casio when I was about five years old. <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> like one of the presets just sounded like all of these synths that are in every smash hit like pop song. Oh, You're just tearing down the pop industry. You know like. what I mean? I'm like, we need <laughs> a new wave, guys. We need punk. To we Where's f- Johnny Rotten? Get <laughs> 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 me, John Lloyd. We need, we need the fall. Okay, that's what we need. Dig up Marky Smith. <laughs> And get him back on stage. <laughs> and carry on playing. Yeah, the song's fine, but I'm sick of fine. I'm done with fine. I don't. I need, I need more than it's, fine. It's it's like light Dua Lipa. I didn't like. Yeah, exactly. It's so Dua Lipa. It's yeah. very Dua. It's an anemic Dua Lipa, and I'm yeah. not even a Dua Lipa fan, but it has that kind of synthetic, balkanized, yeah, old world pop sound, which I'm not a fan of. Nice. That's uh, that's worthy of a press release right there. You think? Yeah, Great. I think okay. if you're listening to Dua Lipa, George will negotiate a rate for you. No problem. <laughs> See, her dad's doing a music festival in Kosovo, and she's the lead act. Him, uh, her and uh, Action Bronson. Yeah. they're both of... Um, Kosovian? She's Kosovan, he's oh, yeah. Albanian. That's you know, former Yugoslavian descent. Right. It seems cool. Yeah. And she seems cool. She oh, does. Yeah. Uh, and so does Action Bronson. And so does Ray, but this song is not really doing it for me. There's one... Can't wait for Shakiri and uh, Xhaka to go on stage. <laughs> Doing the double eagle. <laughs> Enter Shakiri. Uh, so there are two. And Shakira? There's two songs left because they're by the same person. And um, a person. <laughs> it's Childish Gambino. And who's he ripping off now? Let's find out. <laughs>
So, he released two tracks called The Summer Pack. They're called Summertime Magic and Feels Like Summer. This yeah. is just... This is what Justin Timberlake is doing now, but it's probably going to be received better. So, one of yeah. these songs sounds like Sting. What the fuck? What's Sting happening? Sting Witch or no, 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 Vintage Sting. Vintage Sting. Englishman in New York, Sting. Oh, what a time to be alive. That must have been. <laughs> um, these, these both kind of just came and went to me. Why are they here? I don't know. He's just got so much creative energy, this... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He wants to chart. He wants to keep his name out there. I don't know what the hell is going to be on this album because he's switching around sounds so much. These can't be from an album, are they? Well, are I, the fact it's going to be a summer, yeah, I think they're just... This is they're just a throwaway song he has deigned to give. Just the crumbs they're that not we, like, will, we will savor to get us through these harsh winter months. Yeah, I think ju- they're it's almost... July, sorry. I, I like <laughs> Feels Like Summer. Um, I like the vibes to it, but both are kind of too mellow to even become those summer jams. Like, they're a bit listless. All these songs are kind of very laid back and I mean, it's him go, going go back nowhere. to... He's done this stuff before, in fairness to him, rather than just latching onto trends. Um, yeah. Like, he, you know, had that mixtape, Kawhi. It's stuff very much like that. Uh, came out after because of the internet. Um, but it's interesting because there's that debate at the moment where some people are like, well, why isn't he following up This Is America with something more hard-hitting? Or we were expecting him to be the new Marvin Gaye circa What's Going On. And then are people are like, well, this is classic Gambino keeping us guessing with a switch-up in style. <laughs> Maybe he got the idea <laughs> for This Is America from someone else. <laughs> I mean, Donald Glover's been a topic of conversation around these quarters for yeah. quite a while. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yes, he has his ghost taunts these halls. I think... Gambino! Um, <laughs> Gambino! I think Ludovic Garrison, who um, did the community soundtrack, did Black Panther soundtrack, did all those things. He kind of leads the way musically for him. And yeah. And he does the lyrics. Sure. So, you know, if Ludwig's into George Clinton this month or... Uh, I haven't was, checked, um, I believe... Jace uh, Harley or whoever. I, I believe Atlanta scored a bunch of Emmy nominations. Do you know what didn't? Go on. Twin Peaks, nothing. How do you not nominate Colin McLaughlin <laughs> and Laura Dern? How do you not nominate them? I'm does, pretty sure does, they weren't nominated. Right ahead. Who, could be who nominates does Twin Peaks for, need the awards, though? No. Like, come on. Like, you know, I know. That makes annoying. no sense to me. Songs of the week. Uh, John Grant, Sound of the Summer, I think is the takeaway from uh, <laughs> yeah. from this uh, batch of sun-kissed tracks. I disagree. That's my Alan Partridge again there. Uh, <laughs> in the other listening corner as the show draws to a close, as it lumbers, uh, shuffling like a zombie down the stairs. Jesus. <laughs> haunted by the corpse of Childish Gambino, uh, who I hope is in good health uh, before this episode drops. Uh, and after, of course, is also uh, other listening. What else have we been listening to, guys? I have been listening to the soundtrack to, or the score, rather, to the film Sicario. Oh. Because I rewatched Sicario the night before I went to see Sicario 2, Soldado. Is that out? Oh, God. It's out, and you know what else? It's garbage. <laughs> I knew it. The original is amazing. <laughs> Called it. And the sequel is not amazing. The sequel is pretty bad and rather pointless, incredibly aimless, cheap as fuck. Who did the score for the second one? Uh, it's uh, a protege of Johan Johansson. I yes. forget. I can't pronounce her name. It's it's an Icelandic kind of name. Because um, uh, before his untimely death, he was on quite a run. Well, this is the thing. I mean, like, okay, so the signature Sicario theme, I guess, they use it at the end of Sicario 2. Before this, though, you've just had a little version of it. And, like, it's perfectly good. It's Is it perfectly like good in Creed the- where they save, like, the Rocky theme for the end? Yeah, but it's just strange. And you certainly don't feel as fist-pumping at the end of Sicario too <laughs> as you do at the end of Creed. Um, it's strange to me. It, it, the music works on its own terms, but it can't work on its own terms because uh, Johan Johansson's thing was so impressive. His work was brilliant, by the way. What a fucking tragic loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah surely. Yeah. I mean, I, I went on a kind of a 
sorry, what's the director called? Denis, Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Uh, went on a bit of a run with his films and, um, sorry, I can't pronounce it. How, how do you say it? Jo- Johan? Johan Johansson. Jo- Johan Johansson. Johan Johansson. His work on Blade Runner 2049, on, on Sakaar especially, especially the wires scene where they're crossing over the border and it has that kind of thick, just mm. ominous bassoon sound. It's called like, The Beast. Yeah, it's I will, I will watch that scene on YouTube, like maybe once a week probably. Wow. Uh, well, he was actually booted off Blade Runner 2049, replaced by Big Hans Zimmer and oh. Benjamin Wallace. Arrival then, sorry. Arrival, yeah, it's fantastic. It's He's fine. brilliant. Like, he, he was brilliant and may he rest in peace. I've also been listening to the Let's Eat Grandma album again because it's fucking great. That's one to check out, I hear. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of um, Love's Forever Changes from, but uh, sometimes nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah, yeah, sometimes Dave gets annoyed with me when I say really old albums. So I've also been listening to Guided by Voices' new song, "We Are You Own the Night," which is really good as well. But I don't know if that'll cut the mustard. Was but check out Love Guided by Voices thing that you were talking about, George, with Tim Allen or something. No, maybe someone else sent me like, this. Some weird. I don't Tim think Allen. it was Guided by Voices. It was some other artist. It's just yeah. What was it? I, I saw that too. Tim Allen was yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't read it. Um, I was yeah. And then I have been listening to ta- <laughs> brace yourselves. Music is over. Football podcast. <laughs> oh, that's where it's yeah. at. And the stock is rising. So get on board now. And it's only going to go higher. There's only two matches left. I see how it, it's never going to fail. Who is good at the football podcast? I'm listening to Second uh, Captains. Second Captains, I subscribed to the World Service recently, and uh, as an England fan, it's, I get so much joy out of hearing Steve McLaren's uh, description of the second Iceland goal. Oh, that's great. It's just How great. do they respond to that, Steve? Perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> Back in control. They've only got the big guy up top, Sigurdsson. Sig Thorson. Sig Thorson. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we can guess what's happening, Joe Steve. Hart. Joe Hart. Yeah, it's great. Oh, we're, we're, Fantastic. We're just riffing on um, it. Also, uh, the Independent... The, sorry, the UK independent called the Indie for short. Uh, their podcast: Miguel Zellini, uh, Jack Pitbrook, Jonathan Liu, all those guys. And then uh, bottom of the pile: Guardian Football Weekly because um, yeah, Max Max Rushton and Barry. Barry is there any other gigantic bad. podcast you'd like to promote for free <laughs> on our Joe Rogan, perhaps <laughs> Mark Maron, <laughs> Ricky Gervais? You heard this guy? But yeah, no, no music, no music. Um, it's so over. To clarify, Dave, yes, you were correct. Uh, it was Tim Allen talking about uh, his collection of paintings from former God of Voices star Tobin Sprout. So yes, there we go. Yeah. Bang on the money, Dave. Okay, uh, this has been No Encore. George, thank you very much for yes. coming in. No Delighted as always. Thanks, man. Uh, Craigo, thank you again. And I don't Happy know birthday. What, thanks, man. I don't know what we're doing next week album-wise, so uh, watch this space I get. I haven't looked to see what's Love Death Forever Changes? Again. You want to get comms? <laughs> Yeah, Death Heaven Rain This too. album from 1954. <laughs> that could a be, Kinks reissue? That could be, <laughs> Dave? <laughs> that could be the future, yeah. This is how you get a reputation as an old man. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, our exit music this week comes from a gentleman by the name of Will DeBurka. He's a producer, he's a nice dude, who I was talking to once while engaging in a bit of runners shopping. I was buying new running shoes and I was chatting to this man. And he's a fan of the show, he makes good music. And his new track is called Electric Light. Doing quite well in its first week, as a matter of fact. Placed into a new Irish movie called Around Here. And I believe Will, this weekend, is over in Galway for the film FLA. Ah. Along with uh, your old colleague and my current colleague, Rory Cashin, who's down for the FLA. Apparently it's a big deal. So, well done, Will. That's pretty cool. I like the track. That's why it's Exit Music. That's how it works on the show. If we it's like one your man, music. one-man party. Yeah, it's a one-man party. This was a three-man party. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. My <laughs> name is David William Hanrady. This has been the Encore. There will be no Encore. And here's Will DeBerker with Electric Light.
podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Competition never waits. Take your gear on the go with a custom pack built to protect it. Because any place can be an arena. Game on. The Tumi Esports Capsule. Available on Tumi.com and select Tumi stores. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 